Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic interview show. This is episode 623. We've got a great guest. I think it's going to be a fascinating interview. We've got Mark Zappa, the CEO of Rebel Code. These are the people behind WP Mayor. And if you've been part of the WordPress community, you know that website. Also, they do a number of plugins and SaaS kind of products. One of them is Spotlight WP. With Mark, we're going to be discussing how he joined the company, became CEO, about WP Mayor, about using marketing to launch a successful plugin product, and also about Spotlight WP. And is that a SaaS or a plugin or a hybrid? So, Mark, would you like to also quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Sure. Yeah. Firstly, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. So, my name is Mark Zara, as you said. I'm the CEO of Replicode. Uh, I've been involved in WordPress since around 2013, first time I tried it out. Uh, always been with this company, so I've started out as a content writer, uh, eventually going into support, going into a bit of uh, project management, and eventually now leading the company and we're building a fully remote team based around the world, building WordPress products and running the WP Mayor blog that you mentioned. That's great. And I've got my great co-host, the intelligent, the good-looking Stephen Saunders. Stephen, would you like to introduce yourself? It's quite the intro. <laughs> uh, my name is uh, Stephen Souter. Uh, I run zipfish.io. Uh, we make WordPress fast by optimizing the code that runs WordPress and the code that runs on the servers. That's great. And before we go into the main part of the interview, I've got to mention our great major sponsor, and that's Castos. Castos, as you know, um, I've been using them for about over nine months now. And if you want to get into podcasting, you need a podcasting hosting provider that provides somewhere to host your audio files, provide the RSS feed, and all the other little fins that you need when you want to get into podcasting. You know, listeners and viewers, that I'm really big into podcasting. So if you're looking to get into it yourself or for your clients, Costas is a great partner. I've been overjoyed using them. I joined them. I signed up using my own money. And then I started discussing um, with the founder of the company, Craig. We started having a chat. Then I found out that Matt Medeus of the uh, Matt Report had joined them as head director of sales and customer experience what a dream team and i've just been blown away they also have given are uh, given us a great deal tribe um if you go over to the wp tonic backstroke newsletter and sign up for the newsletter you'll be able to also sign up for a special deal from castos the first six months you get it get 50 percent off that's right you get 50 percent off it's a own. It's an exclusive deal just for the tribe. So, like I say, it's got a, a coupon code. Um, you'll be able to see it on the newsletter sign up page. Please sign up for our newsletter as well, and also join the Facebook tribe group. 
Um, basically, it's just a great offer. So, like I say, go over to WP Tonic Backslope newsletter and you'll be able to and get into podcasting at a fantastic lower rate. So, Mark, um, like you say, you started off as a content writer and then you became CEO of Rebel Code. Um, so, first of all, what, what can you give a quick landscape of rebel code you know you got you got the great site wp mayor those that not um don't know about wp mayor what do you what how would you describe that first what do you see it as being basically wp mayor has always been a wordpress resource site so we do everything from product reviews to service reviews um, tutorials, as well as some sort of general articles and, and listicles um, from time to time. But we're, especially nowadays, more focused on product reviews and tutorials. So basically taking any product related to WooCommerce or uh, WordPress in general, SEO, forms, whatever it is, we'll review the product internally, uh, write up about it, sometimes do comparisons with uh, competing plugins as well or competing themes in some of the cases. Uh, and we've been focusing around those for the past few years. All oh, right. That's great. Over to you, Stephen. Was WP Mayor uh, the first product that Rebel Code came out with or the first brand? I'm like, was that, was that the, that's the, the origin or was there other things that predated WP Mayor? Oh, yeah, so, so the origin story of all this basically comes down to our founder, Jean Galea. So he, start, he was running a web design agency in Malta, um, started using WordPress when he was uh, building this agency. And as he learned about WordPress and learned about products and how to do certain things, he basically created his own blog as a way of documenting what he's learning. And that grew to become WP Mayor. Similarly, along the way, he needed an RSS feed plugin. There wasn't anything that was decent out there at the time. He was talking probably eight, nine years ago. So he built the WP RSS aggregator plugin. And that also was, it wasn't intended as a product. It was intended for himself. But then people asked him about it. He put it up on WordPress.org. Uh, from there, people asked for certain features. So he created the first add-ons. And eventually, over the past eight years, um, both the aggregator plugin and WP Mayor have grown to become what they are today. That's great. I was thinking of where we're going to take this interview because there's so many different directions because you've got so much experience, Mark, in the WordPress community. Um, but I thought this would be a good direction. I think a lot of plugin authors, obviously because of their background, you know, their developers, um, they tend to think... If they make a good plugin, the people will just come. Um, the users will just come. And sometimes that happens, but mostly it doesn't. Where I think with you and your founder, and you understand that you've got to build audience. And then if you've got a plugin that's quite good, it's much easier to get it established. So, what what's your thoughts about that? And how you got any insights about how developers should be more realistic about marketing their plugins? 
Yeah, so this is a very good point. I myself, I'm not a developer. I never have been. So we have uh, CTO Miguel, who's basically been involved from the beginning of Aggregator, uh, and he's developed Spotlight's Instagram feed plugin on his own. Um, it's basically been sort of teamwork between myself and him uh, in the sense that he can figure out the technical side of things as any technical founder would do, as any developer would do when they're building out a product. But then he relies on me to figure out uh, what market we're targeting, what audience we're targeting, uh, how to build a product in terms of the uh, UI, in terms of the user experience, and all that kind of stuff. It's been a journey, especially with Spotlight, which was uh, the project which I took on from day one. It was completely my own, whereas Aggregator Plugin was, I took over from, from Jean, who had originally built it. Uh, so Spotlight prevented us from our mistakes with Aggregator and also mistakes with another plugin we had created, which is currently, I guess, discontinued called ADD Bookings. Um, it was a bookings extension for easy digital downloads. So we've learned a lot from those experiences. Uh, with Aggregator, it was very early on. Um, in the world of plugins was early on in its own niche. So it sort of grew organically, but we knew nowadays that you're not going to be able to do that. So in most niches, there is an existing plugin out there. With Instagram, for example, we knew there are existing plugins out there with tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions of users. So we knew we had to distinguish ourselves. So just developing something which is technically uh, on the same level as what exists or a bit higher doesn't matter unless we get the marketing right, unless we get the targeting right, and unless we get even the plugin itself, right, the user experience. But that was our biggest thing. So aside from figuring out how we're going to target the right people, be it through WP Mayor or partnering up with others, uh, plugins, hosts, whatever it might be, um, we looked a lot at the user experience, which we gave a lot of importance to, and we still do to today. So we still adjust things basically from month to month. And the idea was that when someone installs Spotlight, uh, it's not just a list of settings. It's not just a page with no instructions. From the first page you see, it's instructions on what to do. So you just follow the steps. You, For example, with Spotlight, you pick a template. You connect your account. Your feed's done. Everything's designed for you, uh, fully responsive for you, and so on. So literally in less than seven clicks, uh, you can have your Instagram feed embedded on your website. And then you can take things further. So developers like to go technical, like to offer different options, different settings. And that's where, for example, Miguel had the freedom to develop his own stuff, um, take things a step further, even teach me a few things and show me how we can improve certain areas of Spotlight. And the combination of both skill sets basically helped us to get Spotlight to write us today. We have some like 25,000 plus uh, active users and we launched in late June of last year, 2020. Wow. Over to you, Stephen. Do you think um, owning a publication like WP Mayer, like where you're able to broadcast and reach a large audience, played a huge role in getting to that number of 25,000 that fast? Um, or do you think there was just the need in the marketplace for this plugin? So I think there was a need for a better solution than what there is right now, uh, or what there was, rather. So everything was pretty old school lists of settings. Um, you create your feed, you're not seeing anything, you're just picking settings and then eventually you have to embed it and see what's created. So we took a different approach. We took the essentially Gutenberg approach. So we copied a lot of uh, the UI elements from there and you have a live preview and so on. Customization is very easy. You have a lot of presets and just simplifying the whole process. 
And it's not necessarily short code based where you have to build very long short codes. For example, we have the block where you can within the block select the feed, we have an elementor widget where you can customize the feed with an elementor and all these kinds of things. But WMAIR helped in a couple of ways. So yes, it helps to get some reach. Um, so we write stories about Spotlight, we include Spotlight in existing blog posts about Instagram plugins or about social media plugins um, or about different uh, marketing areas of marketing. But I think the biggest advantage of WPMAIR was the connections it gave us over the years. So not just publishing on that site, but having the connections to other plugin owners, to other business owners, hosting companies, and so on. That helped us early on in getting spotlights either recommended by certain blogs or recommended by certain hosts. Obviously, there's still, you need to prove yourself anyway. So it's not just a case of knowing someone, you just get listed somewhere, for example. So you do need to prove why this product's uh, worth mentioning, why it's better than competition, and so on. So we did that, and it was a challenge early on as well to get uh, featured on certain sites. But as the, as it grew, basically as we built our own social proof for Spotlight, um, it helped us, and we could get in the door a lot quicker. Yeah, starting out with those connections probably like helps just speed up that flywheel. Like a, pr- a good product stands on itself; it just is faster when you have a connection than. Um, you know, but the, the, the quality of the product also matters a lot. So I see what you're saying about those like going hand in hand. Do you feel like not being a uh, programmer yet, like leading the company has given you a lot of advantages over other like WordPress shops? It seems like a lot of people we have on here that do, pl- that do plugins are also programmers themselves, right? They're in the code, they're writing the code, or maybe they, they're not doing it today, but they were doing it at the very beginning. Um, how so it feels like you're like in a, in a really unique uh, position. Um, do you feel like that adds a lot of benefits to uh, creating and crafting a plugin? Or how does that all play out in like the day-to-day of trying to decide how to build the plugin or what's the next plugin to build? Or I think it gives me an advantage in that I don't need to think at all about the technical side of things. So I just think about how, how this... How is this product going to work for this kind of person, for this kind of user? And then I can figure that out in my own head, uh, look around for ideas like a competition, look at SaaS solutions that are similar to ours, for example, and just play around with a number of ideas without thinking about what's technically possible with what we currently have in the code base, what's technically possible in general going forward, what we can do and what we can't do. So essentially, the teamwork that Miguel and I have is that I can think up any idea propose it to him. Usually I do some basic mock-ups to give him an idea, document some some things in writing, post it on to him, and then it's a conversation between us of, hey, this isn't possible, this is possible to do this, we need to change the code in these areas, it's going to take a bit longer, this can be really good for the future because it opens up other doors. So it works uh, in a very good way. Because even for him, uh, I can my idea can trigger an idea for him in terms of the code. So we're opening things up for the future which is something with the spotlight sort of very early on where we weren't just thinking about launching an MVP and that's it. We launched an MVP, but a lot of the code was prepared for uh, a lot of the stuff that was in our roadmap for the next six, 12 months. Is it hard not we, to... Uh, sorry, sorry, Stephen. We need to go for our break, actually. Um, you can always tell when it's a great interview, Stephen. Always got more questions. Um, we're going to go for our break, folks. And when we come back, 
We'll continue this great discussion with Mark Zappa, CEO of Rebel Code. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. LaunchFlows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try launch flows today. We're coming back. You've been listening to Uncle Spencer talk about launch flows, but he's also been even more generous, the tribe. Um, if you go over to the WP Tonic Backstroke newsletter, he's offering the tribe a great deal on his year on his lifetime license. Um, if you use the link there and the coupon code, you'll get a third off the lifetime license of his Launch Flows product. I thought I'd just mention that. Um, it's very generous of Spencer. So back over, sorry to interrupt you, Stephen, in full flow, but it had to be done. Back over to you, Stephen. Um, yeah, I was just gonna, I was gonna ask, uh, does is it challenging ever not wanting to get into the code? Like you're close to it, like you're, you, you could say like, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I mean, I don't know if you have a background in coding or like what your knowledge level is, but like you, you could learn it or you could get into it, or you could start diving into it. Um, is that like a decision that you've made that like no like coding is not something i want to do i think it's better off if i just focus on the product from a product perspective um and is that challenging not to it's challenging not to because when you're involved in designing a lot of the ui and designing a lot of the product and how it works you also want to understand how it works yeah the code side of things so there's a lot of times where i ask miguel for example how something works um where I don't necessarily need to know, but it's just something in me which wants to know how something works. I don't have a background in code, so initially when I started writing for WP Mayor, uh, at the time I was doing some basic courses in HTML and CSS, so I have some ideas there. I had done a very, well, the beginning of a course in PHP um, and looked at a bit of JS, but not that I can write any of that code. Nowadays, it's more on the CSS side where I can customize a few things. Sorry, I think my uh, internet dropped out there for 
for a second. Am I back? So, yeah, you're back. Okay. Um, so I took over. So let's go on to Spotlight WP. Um, I'm not. I'm big in YouTube and Facebook, and um, I don't do much on Twitter, uh, um, and I don't do a lot on Instagram. But Spotlight WP. It, first of all, is it a is it a SaaS based on WordPress, or is it a plugin? Or is it a hybrid? What exactly? And then what does it what does it precisely do, Mark? Sure. So Spotlight's a freemium plugin. So there's a free version on WordPress.org and then the pro version available on our website. Um, it's not a SaaS, so it is just normal freemium WordPress plugin as we've seen before. Essentially, it's an Instagram feed plugin, but in reality, it's a lot more than that. So typically, Instagram feed plugins have simply been creating an Instagram gallery and that's it. And the entire experience has been focused around that. But in reality, we saw that there's a lot more potential with Instagram, given its large user base, given the type of content that people post on it and brands post on it. There's a lot of engagement going through that platform, which is much higher than you would see on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and so on. So there's a lot of potential as to where we can take the plugin. So aside from creating an Instagram gallery, which can fit on the majority of websites nowadays, um, We've taken it a step further and we're continuing to do so in the next few months as well. We're focusing on specific use cases. For example, uh, there's a lot of brands out there which run hashtag campaigns uh, on Instagram. So they would be launching a new product or launching a new podcast or something and they create their own hashtag and get people to share it and and, uh, post about it and so on. So what you can do with Spotlight, for example, is create a hashtag feed where you would import uh, Instagram posts from all around Instagram that uses that particular hashtag. So it's basically adding social proof to your site. Um, It can be used as well as testimonials. So you have a hashtag with your brand name and people like, for example, your clothing brand. So they like your clothes and they would uh, use your hashtag or tag your account. You can post those to your website as like a social wall or a testimonial wall of some sorts. And you have the Instagram posts directly there as proof showing the caption from the original post of your followers and so on. And nowadays, it's even uh, we're focusing a bit more on the link and bio solution, for example. So Instagram doesn't let you add links in post captions. It only add, lets you add a single link in your bio. So that's always been a problem. Uh, Instagram does it to keep everyone on their platform. So there are solutions out there, so solutions like Linktree and so on, which basically give you a, a landing page, which is a reproduction of your Instagram feed. And you can have each post link to wherever you wanted to link. We've done that for WordPress. So essentially with Spotlight, again, in less than seven clicks, you can replicate your Instagram feed on any landing page on your website. You have full control over its design. So it's it's on your domain. It's on Linktree's domain, for example. Um, and you have full control over the header menu that you want to put in, the imagery you want to put in. If you want to promote an upcoming event and put it above the feed, you can do that. Uh, and you can reproduce the Instagram feed and there's a feature in Spotlight called Promote where you can literally promote any single, any single sorry, Instagram post. So you can have it linked to a blog post, linked to podcast episodes, linked to WooCommerce products as well. We integrate with WooCommerce. Um, so it becomes a link in bio, shoppable Instagram feed, whatever you want it to be. Wow. Well, over to you, Stephen. That's really cool that it's bringing that all into WordPress. I know that um, there's some other Instagram plugins that I've used in the past that 
or at least there was like a change in how the API worked and you had to start creating your own app and then like link your app to um, like your WordPress to get like the authentication key. It was like, it was a huge pain. Um, but Spotlight, it sounds like uh, offloads that all, all to the platform. Um, so you don't have to do that at all. Is that correct? Yeah, all you do is connect your Instagram account once. Um, so it's the authentication process that goes to uh, Instagram itself and Facebook itself. So Instagram business account, does it through a Facebook page, for example. So you do it once, connect, and yeah, you're done. We, we happened to, uh, so they made the change to the API in early 2020, uh, and they were postponing it because of COVID at one point mm. as well. But we happened to... Uh, decide that we're going to work on Spotlight and actually start working on it when that API change was coming. So we were able to develop the product for the new API without having to oh, deal nice. with the old one and have to transition and so on. So the timing was a bit lucky there. Yeah, that's super cool. Do you have any plans for um, what you're going to tackle next or what you want to do next after uh, Spotlight? Like it seems like Spotlight's in like a really good place and really picking up some speed. Are you just going to focus on that or do you have other plugins, ideas? Uh, we have a few ideas in the works, to be honest, we always do. Um, so it's been sort of years of having ideas that we've wanted to work on. Um, Spotlight grew out of the RSS aggregator as well, so it wasn't just out of the blue. With the RSS aggregator, people wanted us to support social media feeds. And in the past, many social media platforms had RSS feeds, but it discontinued them. So we decided this didn't make sense to go into social media. We chose Instagram as the biggest platform with the biggest potential. So we started there. So at this point, the doors are open for us. We don't really, we're not really sure exactly what we're going to work on, be it Spotlight for other social media platforms, be it something to build on RSS, be it something away from those and linking to, I don't know, WooCommerce that can tie in with, with Spotlight's shoppable feeds, for example. Um, at this point, doors open and wherever the ideas lead, they lead. Cool. Um, at the beginning, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah, sure. I was just going to, thanks, Stephen. I was just going to ask you, Mark, uh, Mark, what's been the biggest surprise in launching Spotlight WP? What's been the biggest thing that surprised you that you didn't see on coming, basically? Have there been any surprises? Hmm. Good question. Um, I did get the odd one, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> also, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think back as to what, what's happened. Um, the WordPress plugin repo has been something that was quite interesting to us. So with the RSS plugin, um, it's been the number one plugin in its niche for a very long time. So it's always been ranked on top. We never really tried to optimize the readme and these kinds of things because there wasn't really a need to. Whereas with Spotlight, it was a bit more of a challenge to actually figure that out. So uh, over the past, especially over the first around six to eight months, we were using tools like plugin rank. We were optimizing the readme. Um, we were optimizing everything from screenshots to trying to get five-star reviews and all these kinds of things to build up sort of reputation within the repo. Um, but it was interesting to see how quickly things shift and how the rankings work. So at this point, if you just search for Instagram, for example, I, I know we're behind Yoast and I know we're behind, I think, a cookie consent plugin, which had nothing to do with Instagram. Technically, I think you mentioned Instagram maybe once and it's read me something along those lines. Um, so it's been interesting to see that and see how new plugins were struggling in those areas. 
So with Instagram feed and Instagram feeds as those keywords, we're ranked, I think, two and three at this point. But that even that's taken us time to, to build up. Um, but to see how the rankings work and how the repo works, I think there's a lot of work that can be done there. So that was a bit surprising and that's, uh, it's very challenging for newer plugins who are on the freemium model, especially to actually grow through the repo, which is one of the main marketing channels that new plugins typically use. Yeah, we've discussed this extensively on the WP Tonic Roundtable show um, every Friday morning, 8.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We've had extensive discussions because it really is a bit of a black box, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, very much. We've gone through periods where we've made changes, which every everything told us they're going to help us improve and we dropped in the rankings. And then there were times where we literally did nothing, touched nothing for weeks, and our rankings went up for apparently sort of no reason. It, it's more it's more vague than even dealing with Google, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. All right. Um, one more. I think we've got time for one more question before we wrap up the podcast, and I'm going to throw this question over to Stephen. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I think... Uh, that the whole searching algorithm is frustrating for both the developers and frustrating for the users. Like, I don't think anybody on either side of the equation is like, oh yeah, this is, this is awesome. I love, I love how this works. You think, uh, you know, it would trend one way or the other way. Um, like with Google, usually the users love it. The person that's creating the content, if you're new, struggles with it and is frustrated by it. Um, but WordPress feels like kind of both sides are just like, I can't, I can't find what I'm looking for. <laughs> Um, you mentioned a uh, diversified team and having a diversified team. Um, what are some things that you do to try to keep like the team connected or how do you handle communications throughout your team? Yeah, so our team's uh, fully remote at this point. We're based in Malta. We have team members in Spain and Jamaica and the US, uh, writers in the UK, Saigon, uh, all over. We have some in South Africa as well right now. So it's been a challenge, especially with time zone differences and so on. But something we did a few years ago was put our focus onto asynchronous communication. So we used to use Slack, for example. Nowadays, we use something called Twist, uh, which is the same from the same company that, do, that created Todoist, the app. Um, so it pushes a lot on asynchronous communication, asynchronous communication, sorry, where you do have normal one-on-one chats and uh, group chats, but then there are threads which is what we mainly use to document, I think, any discussion. So it lets you essentially create a thread within a channel. So we have channels for each product, and then each product has channel for development, support, and so on. Uh, for example, in support, when a question needs to go from support engineer to the developers, they create a thread for that particular ticket, and it's discussed in that thread. So it lets everyone go back and forth um, from time to time. That's helped us, especially with time zone differences, and not to disrupt each other constantly throughout the day. But it does create the challenge of the team becoming somewhat more separated and not uh, having as many discussions and so on. So actually, it's something we've started doing from this week, from yesterday, uh, which we've to continue doing, is introducing a, a water cooler. So every, I think, two weeks at this point, we're going to be doing it. We'll do one or two hours um, where anyone can hop onto a call and basically just have a chat about everyday life, just joke around and all these kinds of things, play online games, um, celebrate birthdays together and these kinds of things, and just have a laugh together, get to know each other, because you do tend to um, 
remain quite split, especially with COVID. We can't do any team meetups and all these kinds of things. We had one plan for last year. We couldn't do that. Uh, so as we're continuing to build a team right now, we're focusing on these kinds of ideas. And hopefully once COVID situation is better, we'll be able to meet up once, twice, three times a year, world camps and so on, and actually get to know each other face-to-face. That sounds great. I think we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. Um, Mark, are you up for staying another 15 minutes, which we call bonus content, which everybody can watch the whole interview, plus the bonus content on the WP uh, Tonic YouTube channel. So you're up for another 15 minutes, Mark? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's great. We haven't we haven't peeved him off too much. He seems very cool <laughs> and collected. Um, so we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. If you really want to support the show, folks, go over to the WP Tonic Backstroke newsletter. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. It's going to be a, we're going to be discussing all the stories that we discuss on the WP Tonic Roundtable show in more detail, plus all the links to the products that we recommend in the Roundtable show, plus exclusive offers that will only be offered in the newsletter. Um, so you definitely want to sign up for that. Um, it's going to be a great resource for you. So please do that and you be supporting the tribe as well. So, Mark, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and Rebel Code? Sure. So you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Zara, Z-A-H-R-A. Uh, you can follow us on WPMillier.com, SpotlightWP.com and WPRSSAggregator.com. And all those links will be in the supporting show notes for this great interview. So, Stephen, how, how, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and your great company? Head over to zipfish.io, run a speed test, see how much faster we can make your website. Yes, they're the speed demons. And if you're looking for real performance for large websites, Stephen and his team are the people to approach. Um, like I say, we're going to wrap up the podcast. Pod, pod, I can't talk, <laughs> listeners and viewers. Um, we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show, but do go over and listen to the bonus content and also subscribe to the WP Tonic YouTube channel. We'll see you next week for another great interview with another great individual in the WordPress community. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.